At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So I'm sure you noticed that this is a day later than normal. John and I wanted to take some time to share our thoughts after the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant yesterday. John wrote a really good piece in The Athletic about what stood out to him the most about Kobe. And Danny LaRue and I did a 24-minute podcast on it. So if you want to hear our our thoughts there, that's how you can get them. But we are going to get back to talking about the NBA and this upcoming trade deadline. Hope you guys enjoy it. All right, so John and I talked last week, an episode I highly recommend you give a listen to, where we just discuss what goes on at the trade deadline, both internally, what type of preparations teams are doing, and also what the negotiations are like with other teams. So now we want to try and apply that a little bit. Obviously, these are going to be truncated versions of this compared to what an NBA team would do, but we're John and I are going to basically pretend that we are in the front offices of the teams that we consider to be the biggest contenders and just come up with what our plan would be for the deadline, who would be prioritizing what we might be willing to give up for certain of these players that that could be available. We don't know for sure that they'll be available. We're surmising that. So John, uh, which of these teams uh, do you want to start with here? Um, Well, let's, uh, Let's go with the lowest hanging fruit here, the the Milwaukee Bucks, who you could argue just need to roll out the basketballs and might win the championship anyway. Um, but uh, taking a look at them, I think there are some lessons from last year in terms of where their weak links might be. If a team is able to match up with Giannis, I think it, last year showed that they do have some trouble generating the best kind of looks for themselves. And... You, you wonder if they have enough secondary on-ball options to take care of themselves if, if they're in a situation where Giannis can't do it all by himself. Yeah, so your number one need for them is another guy who can create. I think so, yeah, because I think also, too, I still worry a little bit that teams are going to try to force them to size down and get Brooke Lopez off the floor. And that requires a now you need another perimeter on the floor if Brooke is off it, right? So now, I mean, I know you have Giannis. You have Middleton, who's playing way better than he did a year ago. You have George Hill, who's shooting 99%. You have Bledsoe, who's an awesome defender, who is shooting a little better than last year, and you hope can can stay on the floor with that. Still kind of need one more guy. I don't know if if 
DiVincenzo is really that guy for you. They're trying to get by with, you know, this combination of Matthews and Corver and Connaughton. And, you know, it's fine and all, but that's definitely an area where they could upgrade if they wanted to. Yeah. And I think Giannis is taking some steps as far as being able to create more at the end of games. But I think he was telling that last year, a lot of times they did not go to him in the half court at the end of games. And I, and I think Milwaukee is a little bit more vulnerable offensively than defensively. I think they, their system is so good that teams aren't going to just be able to completely light them up seven times in a row. You're just not going to have that level of shooting from three. And frankly, mm-hmm. the teams that they're going up against, you know, nobody has that golden state level of shooting to just only beat you from the outside four times in seven games. So to me, the danger is we're going to get caught in a defensive slugfest if the number one option doesn't work. So I agree with you. I think the the playmaker is big. If you can't get that, then maybe I think an absolute awesome knockdown shooter who preferentially could also defend some of the big wings. You know, if you're going up against Kawhi or LeBron or maybe even Pascal Siakam, he's a a little bit less of a concern. But uh, who you might see in the finals because this team is playing for the finals. Does Robert Covington fit this team? You know, I don't think he does as much. I mean, I think he'd be maybe an upgrade, but he's not quite reliable enough as a shooter. And I like him much more as a help defender than as a one-on-one guy. I don't think he can guard LeBron or Kawhi because he's just not stout enough. And we saw him get lit up by Jason Tatum in the playoffs a couple of years ago. But there is the advantage that he's under contract for another couple of years after this one, which maybe some of these guys aren't. So uh, so what are, what are we prioritizing? What's our number one need? I think the perimeter playmaking has to has to be the the greater need. You're still you're still a little fearful that Bledsoe can be schemed off the court and that and that Giannis can't do it himself, even with Middleton having a better year. I mean, George Hill, as well as he shot the ball, is a probably going to regress and b definitely a secondary weapon. I mean, DiVincenzo, it's been encouraging, but I think you'd you'd like a higher level option out there in fourth quarters. So that that's probably where I start. Okay, so who do you think it's reasonably on the market that the Bucks both could have the resources to maybe get and should go after? Well, the Bucks on the resource side are feeling pretty good about themselves because they have a top 14 protected first round pick from Indiana. And that's almost certainly going to convey and convey in like a pretty decent way where it's like a not terrible pick. Yeah, and maybe around 20 or so. Yeah. So I think that's a good thing to take in. I think they probably wish this draft was a little stronger uh, so that it would have a little more uh, ju- juice with that pick. Obviously, any of Milwaukee's own second round picks are basically worthless currency in a trade uh, yeah. because there's the assumption that they'll be awesome as long as Giannis is there. So I, I think that's, that's the asset. And then if something really tasty is out there, maybe you put DiVincenzo on the table. Yeah, they also could trade a first that probably would convey as soon as 2024. They have some obligations out there, but likely it would be a, a 2024 first. They would have to trade it as the first available draft. So yeah, you got DiVincenzo. Maybe you could say that DJ Wilson might have some value to some teams. I, I tend to think probably not since he's already... You know, four point five million for next year might be I a agree. little rich. I agree there, with that. But, they, they'd yeah. have to play him in some games and showcase him to to generate some trade value yeah. there. I think. Yeah, maybe Sterling Brown. Someone could be interested in his restricted rights. So, uh, and I think as far as we're thinking here, I, I guess let's talk about who's available now. We could talk about what we'd be willing to offer 
uh, for some of these players. Who is your number one guy for this sort of, uh, perimeter option, additional playmaker type? Yeah, I think. I think it's not a small guard. So I, for a lot of these other teams I went through and I was very excited about Dennis Schroeder or Derek Rose. And I don't see yeah. the fit here. I, th- I think, I think th- they have enough of that. I think somebody with a little more size is a little more capable guarding two and three is probably the better fit. Um, I think somebody like there's a risk here because he's a rental, but he's also restricted. So you can probably keep him, but then he generates a tax issue, which is the thing you already avoided with the Brogdon trade. Like, like yeah. actually, like Malcolm Brogdon would be great here, right? <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, that joke has to be made once. once yeah, oh, of course, an episode yes. anytime you discuss the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Uh, but uh, but Bogdanovich from Sacramento, I think, is is an interesting player there. Defensively, he's not going to give you that that kind of juice, but offensively, he can create on the ball. He's a good shooter, uh, off the dribble or off the catch. I, I do think he helps you a lot at that end, especially when you're talking about him as a third, fourth option. When, you know, now you have yep. the other team's weaker defenders trying to check him. Boy, I, I, I think he gives you another jolt in the arm offensively. Like I said, you can keep him. The, you know, you're not too far from next year's tax line already, depending on who's in the trade. That's the other thing is who, who are you sending out to get to his number? You actually have a lot of options here. You know, you can do yeah. something with Robin Lopez, Ursan Ilyasova, DJ Wilson, obviously. Uh, you know, Matthews number is big enough that he can, he can help get you to a match. So you do have a, you do have a couple options here. Dragon Bender, I presume is available in, in the right deal. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> um, I agree with you on Bogdanovich. I actually, I think his defense for his size is pretty good. He'll at least like, put up a fight against some wings. I mean, you don't want him guarding like Kawhi or something, but like if he, he has, he has long arms, there, by the way, he's got some yeah. seriously long arms. I, I, he didn't do the combine. So nobody ever measured them, but he's got some long arms. Yeah. And I like that. He is, you know, he's a guy that teams are not going to leave open. He's a gravity guy. He also can run some pick and roll. I mean, I like that he can be either on or off the ball. You know, he could even, you know, run some pick and roll with Giannis. I think that would look really good. And you do have the restricted rights on him. And, yeah, you might say we could run into some tax issues, but I think you can figure that out, whether it be moving Hill for next year or Robin Lopez or DJ Wilson. I think with the restricted rights, you could hope that it becomes reasonable to hold on to him, or maybe you could sign and trade him just as you did with Brogdon a year ago if it comes to that. So are you throwing in the Indiana pick to to get him? We don't even know if he's available necessarily from the Kings. I think I think the Indiana pick is is what you have to give up to get him. Right. Yeah. I just don't see another asset they have that would that would bring the Kings to the table on something like this. And, and you'd be willing to do that if I'm Milwaukee. I have, your time is right now, right? You don't yeah. you don't even know if Giannis is staying beyond 21. You hope that yeah. he is, but I, I think the, this team you have right now. I mean, this is. This is what this is what you got that Indiana pick for was for for this moment um, to be able to act. So yeah, you know, so it'd be nice they, too yeah. if they had that ten million dollar trade exception from the Brogdon deal that they probably could have gotten if they had done uh, Hill's contract a little differently. This is all true. Well, uh, believe me, th- there's uh, there's going to be a lot of regrets for cap management coming up here as we talk about some of these other teams. Yeah, uh, well, that's true too in, in terms of their flexibility. So I guess the, I agree with you. He would be my number one target. I'd be willing to give up the Indiana pick. What if it came to also having to put in DiVincenzo? I think internally you have to have made the decision that you're going to match and keep him. Yeah. 
I think to for to just have him as a as a rental, even if you're doing a sign and trade, I think that's probably an overpay. If you really made that decision internally, that yes, we're you know this is going to yeah. be our guy. Uh, well, well, maybe think- what we'd say is you got to take DJ Wilson also uh, to get us off that four point five next year. You know, if we do if we do that, then starting for next year, we're only four million five million over the cap. That gives us about twenty million to work with, yeah, or so. Yeah, and you have flexibility. You got some non guaranteed contracts and whatnot. Yeah, you'd you'd have to move on from Ilyasova and Bender, but that would still give us twenty million below the tax. I think that's probably enough to mm-hmm. bring him back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hey, you know, maybe maybe we'd even we'd even consider pe- pe- what actually pay, paying the tax. Sorry, sorry. Just, so, someone shocked me there. I, I just. just Okay, uh, let so me, let, me, yeah. let, let me throw out one more name, though. Yeah, yeah. It would require a little bit of a Godfather offer. I'm not sure they can get to it. Uh, what about Drew Holiday? Yeah, I don't think there would be enough there. Uh, and certainly he would be a, a wonderful fit in Milwaukee. But, I mean, it's hard to – I mean, New Orleans already has picks. They don't. Milwaukee doesn't have a pre- – I think if the Holiday really were available, there's no way Milwaukee gets to the, the offer that would be needed, in my opinion. I think Fair. there's other teams. I mean, think of like but how other teams Miami can, could can offer, put a can put a better offer on the table. It would seem because you're talking about Milwaukee would have to put in the Indiana pick certainly, but then like what if you like future pick in 2025 or whatever? I mean, I, yeah, you know, it, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't get super enticing for the Pelicans, which is yet a, I mean, and that a lot of these holiday deals look like that, which is why I think the Pelicans will wait to the summer. Regardless, if they decide to trade him at all, I think it's more likely to be this summer. Yeah. Yeah. And especially with Zion having just come back, they've got some positive momentum right now. Um, okay. So I, I thought maybe Evan Fournier could be another thought as well. Similar uh, problem there though is he's not restricted and he makes more. So I wouldn't be willing to give up as much for him. I mean, the, the whole reason that you're paying this much for Bogdanovich is that you have the restricted rights and you think he's going to be part of your group going forward. That's true. Which you can't. Fournier is extension eligible. Yeah. But once they trade for him, then you're limited to another year. Correct. Uh, Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe you could say, hey, if you're willing to opt in, we would do that. You opt in and then do an extension on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, would the Indiana pick be worth it if he opted in? Oh, certainly. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's having a really nice year, man. Do do you think he's better than Bogdanovich? They're basically the same age. I do think he's better. I. I'm not sure I trust his season to be replicable in the future as much yeah. as Bogdanovich. I think Bogdanovich is a little more durable. Not, I, you know, the games played this season wouldn't say that, but I, I just, from some of the background I have, um, from being on the other side. Um, and, uh, so just projecting forward, I think you'd probably rather have Bogdanovich, but this season, I think Fournier has been the better player. If and we'll probably spend more time on the Bucks here because we're kind of talking about a lot of players that are going to come up over and over again. Derek Rose, if you could get him for like a couple of seconds, like they've got two seconds from Indiana, would you do that, or does he just not even address a need enough to you? I mean, I think I think as a pick and roll guy, he'd be their best pick and roll guy. He he would if you're gonna. I mean, you're using Giannis as a spacer now, which is a little weird. Um, but yeah, well, you use Giannis as the role man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, why did why did I not think that was allowed? Um, yeah. So, um, uh, but 
the guard rotation gets a little tricky. I mean, he does, he kind of duplicates a lot of Bledsoe. Like people are going to play off of him, um, you know, in the, in the playoffs. But he's, I mean, he's, he's good. I just think Detroit's not going to do it unless they get a first round pick. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's probably, it's, you know, the Indiana pick is probably too much to give up there. I mean, cause then you might switch to our second need. And I think that Indiana pick could have some interesting ones. You mentioned Covington. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know what the Wolves are thinking there, but, uh, I, I, a couple other guys that I thought would be really intriguing. Marcus Morris is one with the way he's shooting it and a little more shot creation there. Uh, yeah. He, I mean, they, might they be, got Middleton might, to create. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. He might have enough physical toughness to him that you could get away with some lineups where it's like Middleton at three, Giannis at four, Morris at five, um, or Giannis at five, Morris at four, whatever yeah. you want to call it, and really junk up the game on teams in a playoff situation. Yeah. And I've started to, I mean, after this is two years of him shooting at, you know, high thirties level from three overall. So, Starting to believe in that. I think he's, he would be better than anyone they have guarding, uh, Kawhi or LeBron. Yeah. You might have a point now, $15 million. So you got to get to that match. Yeah. So basically you got to get to 10 million. So Ilyasova. It's got to be, it's got to be Ilyasova, right? You're talking yeah. about basically Ilyasova and then Will, Wilson. Yeah. And then you're probably putting in Bender too, because otherwise <laughs> you're, you're doing that thing that you can't possibly do that gets you electroshocked. Oh yeah. Uh, that's a, yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do think it would take that Indiana pick to get him. Now he's a he's a rental, but because he makes fifteen as a non bird free agent, you can go to a pretty high number to retain him if you wished. Um, yeah, I think he's somebody that you probably, if you trade for him, you're trying to keep him around on a short deal, but you're trying to keep him, and you you would I would think you would have the means to do that. It's not a great market for veteran above MLE free agents. There's right. going to be very little cap space among non-rebuilding teams. Yeah. So you could probably get them for, you know, maybe 12 million a year for a couple of years, you would think. Uh, but so, so yeah, that's, that's one I would consider. The other players that I had on my list, not quite the same player, mm-hmm. but Davis Bertans. I just don't think he's available at all. I think from you all think I've the heard, Indiana pick even. I've, or is that I've heard Washington is just flat out turned down every um, yeah every uh, inquest or whatever into uh, into Bertans. So I, I the impression I get is he is not a player who is realistically in play at this point. Yeah, even I mean that's the I guess. But as we're talking about it here as the Bucks, would you do the Indiana pick for him? We'd probably want to have some idea we could re-sign him, but we do have full you, bird rights. You you want to you'd like to be able to re-sign him, but man, I mean, your time is now. You I think you have to think about it. I mean, what he yeah. what he could do to the floor. I mean, you could almost like because of Giannis, especially you could play Giannis at five and Bertans at the four, and then like, how are you guarding that? Right? Like what? Yeah. What? How as a defense do you match up in a way that can that can defend lineups like that? Um, yeah. So I I think he would put opponents in some real predicaments when it paired with Giannis. Yeah, I guess the question is, could you play Bertans, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez all together? Eh, I mean, yeah, yeah I'm not I'm not feeling that one. That on the yeah. on the defensive side, I think it might might give you some trouble. I don't know. I mean, offensively too, just because I mean, Brooke hasn't really been the Brooke of old in a while. I mean, really going back to the, I mean, even this summer, he was really bad. 
Yeah, I do have concerns about Bertans defensively. Um, oh, absolutely. So, yeah. So, I mean, Marcus Morris or Bertans, who would we be more interested in? Oh, boy. I think when you get down, when you get down to the nuts and bolts toward the end, I think, I think you can, I think Morris is playable in more lineups in these, yeah. in these playoff situations than, than Bertans. And I think he's shown it too in the, in the yeah. series he's been in. And so what's a, what are, what's our price for Morris? We gonna, we gotta give up that it's, Indiana it's, pick? It's the Indiana pick. Yeah. 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 I mean, that seems reasonable. He's, he's pretty good. Do we value DiVincenzo more or the Indiana pick more? I would say DiVincenzo. You're not in a position where you're going to have many players coming into your program in their twenties who are, who you feel good about. So I, I do think to keep the pipeline moving, DiVincenzo is a known. The pick this year is an unknown. Yeah. And it's a bad yeah. draft. So I would probably hang on to him and surrender the Indiana pick. Yeah. I'd be interested to see what the other teams would want there. Um, another one that I thought would be like a, just a lower level guy would be Marvin Williams. If we do Ilyasova for him and he's just got a little more defensive versatility than Ilyasova. Yeah, but. I, I don't know. It, you know, Ilyasova, you feel like he's so vulnerable, but he, like he, <laughs> he keeps just doing stuff. Like, yeah, he, yeah. You know, it's just at rebounds. the very highest levels. I just, I wonder about him. Uh, Marvin. Now, Marvin's number to get to him. I guess you're, you're. It's the same thing. You're looking at Ilyasova, Wilson, and Bender, and that gets you yeah. Marvin and gets you out of the tax. Yeah, and I mean, maybe just Charlotte might value Wilson enough that they would just do that. Uh, without us having to throw anything else in, possible. Who knows? I, I, I again I have no idea what the value of DJ Wilson is around the league. I'm guessing it's not that high, but but Buck's Twitter might disagree with me. I, no, I would I would I would agree with that. I I you know maybe maybe in lieu of a second you could slip him in instead, but I'm not sure people are excited to have him at 4.5 next year. Okay, that's all we we got on these guys. I think so. I mean, they're, you know, th- because they're awesome, there are fewer things to like nitpick at. Yeah. So. All right. Let's take a quick break here and then we'll get to the LA Clippers. If you're in the market for a gift for someone's birthday or hey, maybe your own birthday, Masterclass is the best thing for someone in your life, whether they want to get better at a specific discipline or just for that polymath, you know, who always wants to learn. Or maybe that polymath is even you. Masterclass is simply the highest quality classes available. They've got over 60 exclusive classes taught by the masters you know and love. Any Leibovitz with photography, Will Wright, game design and theory, Jimmy Chin, adventure photography. They have unbelievable writers. Margaret Atwood, my wife, took that one before they were even a sponsor. Judy Bloom has a, a writing class. For younger audiences, Steve Martin teaches comedy. There are all sorts of music classes. Alice Waters, one of my favorite chefs right here in Berkeley, teaches home cooking. She basically started the Locavore movement. Aaron Franklin on Texas-style barbecue from Franklin's in Austin, which I did not get a chance to go to because the line is five hours out the door. The way to get started with them, get unlimited access to every masterclass and get 15% off their annual all-access pass is to go to masterclass.com slash PER. Easy to remember, John Hollinger invented PER. That's masterclass.com slash PER for 15% off masterclass. Don't forget that slash PER URL to let them know that you came from us. 
All right, the big game is coming up this weekend. Biggest betting day of the year. The NBA is ramping up with their showcase Saturday night games. College basketball is also a ton of fun to bet on. So it's time to get off the sideline, get in on the action with my bookie. They are offering a ridiculous deal right now. They will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. So if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. If you want some extra action, go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than mybookie.ag. Just use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. Once again, LOCKEDONNBA, that's the network that we're a part of here, to take advantage of mybookie's fantastic sign-up offer with that 50% matching of your deposit all the way up to $1,000. That's mybookie.ag, promo code LOCKEDONNBA. You play, you win, you get paid. Okay, what do you think these guys need? L.A. Clippers. Uh, so I see a couple things with them. Um, I One of the things that everyone identifies with them is that the ball is pretty sticky. They don't have a lot of great passers there. But I'm not sure you're really going to be able to change that unless you change who the primary ball handlers on the team are. And that strikes me as unlikely. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, you could you could have a better passing team if you took the ball out of Kawhi's hands. <laughs> but why would you do that? So I think I think I think that thing they just have to live with as a part of their identity. Maybe they can get some secondary players who are a little better at it, but it's you're you're operating at the margins. So then I think the other piece of it you have to look at is the four and five positions. And what can they do to upgrade themselves offensively at the four and defensively at the five? Because I I think, you know, they have kind of a lot of these hungry role player types who I think they're realizing the limitations of them as this season goes on and that, and that they've been pressed into minutes by all the rest for Kawhi and Paul George, especially and one or two other injuries. And that I think they realize they have to get better there. And then there's still a little bit of a trust factor with that Zubats Harrell combination of what, who is the guy that they can count on to play the five in the playoffs, especially if they're playing against good fives or if they're playing against, uh, say, a James Harden where they're going to want the five to switch on every play and end up on him? How are they handling that? Who's Who can play that role? They used Jermichael Green in that role a little bit in the postseason last year. Um, but I, I I think if they would feel better about themselves if they if they had a real – seven foot shot blocker who had some like athletic pop to him yeah i i think that would be my number one goal for them and especially if that guy could space the floor i mean i think miles turner would be very nice for them i don't think they are willing to give up enough to indiana to get that done uh haven't really gotten the impression that he's available right now yeah exactly i i think that the the Turner availability idea is is a construction of other teams' hopes more than more than Pacers' reality at this point. I would I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, so I guess the the question is ultimately: Is there anyone on the market as a big that you think would be would be worth giving up our first round? We can trade our twenty twenty first, but then and we won't. and I will yeah. point out yeah. they kept that twenty twenty first for this exact moment, right? right? This is the reason they kept that in the, in the Paul George trade and didn't send out a pick to OKC until 2022. They want to be able to use it at this, at this moment, this trade deadline 
to make what fixes to the roster was st- still might be necessary. So I think that pick is extremely in play. It is by far their best asset, I would say, in a trade situation. And uh, that, you know, they, they have a fair amount of flexibility, especially if they're willing to pay the tax, which I think they probably are. Um, with yeah. that Harkless contract, with some other contracts, they can pretty easily lump in. They got a lot of middle class type deals that that you really need to put a, to put a trade together. So relative to the other contenders, I think they're in a great position to make an addition if if there's a deal that that's out there for them. Yeah, and to me, maybe you could have said that like perhaps Derek Favors might have been worth that, but I don't know how available he is from the Pels. And still, I mean, is he? Is he even going to play at the end of games over Harrell? You know, I guess it depends what you need. But. Yeah, I, that's that's still questionable to me. Um, and then uh, what's and, what's, and what's as Zub- is his health? Yeah, what's Zubats's value as an asset? Yeah, I think he might be a little bit underrated by a lot of teams, uh, and maybe his current team. In fact, uh, I, he, I mean, he's pretty good and pretty young. I understand that he's not always. He's not quite at the level where he's going to finish games at five in a playoff series. I get that, but yeah, it's not wild to think he could get there either. Yeah, I mean, he still strikes me as a start the game but don't finish the game center. You know, that's kind of there's and to have that at seven million is you know I think that's that's decent. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's so interesting because they have a lot of depth right now. It's it takes a lot to upgrade there. Yeah. Um, the other question. So, so in terms of assets, I mean, you know, I don't think that they would be interested in moving Lou Williams or Harrell. I think you're probably right about that. E- even think- though it may be in some other deals at a different deadline where there's more creativity and more guys available, they might be willing to do that. I mean, Harrell can't be a free agent, and I don't know if they want to pay him $20 million a year. That's what exactly. he's going to be looking for. Yeah, I, I think he's probably more available than Williams, I, w- I would suspect, yeah. for that reason. Yeah, we've also got a little bit of... You know, kind of pretty shaky money for next year with Jerome Robinson and Roddy Magruder. Maybe there'd be some interest in trying to get off of that money in a deal. And maybe if we're giving up our first for a lower level guy, that can be part of the value that we're getting. Yeah. Although they're, I mean, honestly, they're in a pretty good spot next season. Yeah. In terms of money, 22 million from the tax line. And the only free agent is, uh, Montrez Harrell. Yeah, but it'd be nice to be able to use your full mid-level too. I mean, that's going to go, that goes a long way in LA as opposed to having to do the taxpayer. That's true. That's true. Um, so, but are you in agreement with me that there really just isn't the big out there that's worth giving up that first rounder for that would probably better? I have a hard time seeing it. You know, I, you see in the beginning of the year when it looked like maybe Marcus Saul would be available at this point. Yeah. I, you know, reunite him in Kawhi, um, you know, put him in a role where he can defend, 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 hang out at the three point line, open the floor. I think, I think you saw last year, he's a guy who can, who can help a good team get, get better. In- yeah. Tristan Thompson doesn't really fall into that category of being enough of an upgrade to I me. I mean, I think there's some times where you would like him better than Zubac or Harrell and he's had a good year, but, uh, not to the point where you're willing to put stuff on the table just to yeah. make that swap though, right? Yeah. And then like, you know, the okay, so the the wild ass one I came up with is Kevin Love. Uh <laughs> are, are you my superior? Should yeah, I should yeah. I <laughs> to, how do I like gently talk you out of this? Uh, <laughs> I uh so <laughs> I I think it's probably not a great idea. Um the the uh 
the thought process is that he'd give you enough offensively is that and your perimeter defenders are so good that you could live with his non-existent rim protection. But yeah. uh, that I mean that contract is such an albatross that and Cleveland's going to want something for him at the end of the day. So I I I don't see how that works in practice. Yeah, that would be tough. And and again, I think just I would rather have my full mid-level exception for next year in LA than have Kevin Love personally. And especially when you look at how it's a it's a rough contract for a while longer. It, That's a great point because even if they're even if they're willing to pay the tax, it does eliminate their ability to have a full mid level exception in the free agent market, which could be a powerful thing, right? It could yeah. like somebody like Marcus Morris could say, "Hey, I'm going to come there for their for their mid level," or Marcus All for that matter, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was thinking maybe Thompson. You know, depend. I, I think. That would be maybe a backup plan for us, but maybe if like there's a deal where we could get Thompson, we could tra- trade, say Harkless and Magruder. Uh, the Cavs have two open roster spots too: Harkless and Magruder and Jerome Robinson. I don't know if maybe we even still wouldn't give up the first. Maybe that would be, but we do have. You're, uh, you'd Detroit. have to sell them on Robinson being the first. I think. Well, I mean, I think Robinson is negative. We also have the Detroit 2021 and 23 seconds, so. That might be able to grease the skids there as well. But to me, maybe we can go back to that one. But we haven't mentioned the name Andre Iguodala yet. He's the one that everyone yeah. thinks that they need. Right. What do you think of his fit? I think he fits pretty well there because th- their backup wings are not very good. Um, they could use another ball mover passer guy, as we discussed. He would help them there at the margins. And then he gives them another elite switchable defender in a, in a playoff situation, we presume. Um, yeah. You know, we haven't seen them all year, but, um, and then again, the players you're giving up for him just haven't done much for you, right? When you look at yeah. what, I mean, I think Harkless has been a little disappointing there this year. And then he, he'd be the key piece. And then you're throwing contracts on top of that, whether it's Magruder or Robertson or Robinson or uh, Derek Walton or whatever. Um, it's, it's not, it's not a tough match for the Clippers to get to. And it is for most of their competition. So I think you do that. You put in one of the Detroit picks and, I don't know, throw in Matias Lasort's rights for good measure, right? <laughs> Something like that. And, uh, and, and you're probably on your way. Um, so, so you're thinking, you're thinking a first and the Detroit pick or you're thinking. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, goodness. No, no, no. no. Uh, j- j- yeah. Uh, uh, I, I feel like I, Andre's value right now is a, is a good second. Yeah. I, I agree with you there. Um, and also though, I mean, you, you want to keep them away. From the buyout market and the Lakers too. I mean, maybe maybe that's maybe Memphis shouldn't be saying, "Oh, we for sure aren't buying him out," because that's actually a more credible threat for him to join the Lakers than the Lakers trading for him, as we'll get to with the, some of their salary limitations. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, I mean, Marcus Morris, I think, also would be another pretty decent fit there. Yeah. So, in terms of like guys who can play three and four. Uh, I think M- Morris would be would be a high level guy for them. You could do again. You could turn Harkless into Morris and use that pick uh, if if you wanted to. And then he he jumps in. I mean, then at the two three four, you're George Leonard Morris. I mean, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, Nemanja Bjelica. Uh, it just seems like too low level of a guy. Ultimately, like uh, Doc's not going to want him to to be out there at the end. He's just too bad you, defensively. You can't. The, I mean, so where it breaks down probably a little with him is you're trying to play Belitza and Harrell as your front court, which I, I think right. is probably a non-starter. 
um, if you'd have to be willing to almost like finish games with him as a five and just completely junk things up, which yeah, um, Robert Covington is another one. I think I, you know I yeah. do like Covington's fit there because he can yeah. be that secondary guy. You start games with him at the four. He can stay on the court in fourth quarters. He's a proven floor spacer, um, he, and he doesn't he doesn't have to be the guy who's checking LeBron on every trip. Because he's better, like you pointed out, he's better as a sort of an off-ball pest than he is just as a one-on-one lockdown guy. Yeah, and it's interesting of like who we'd want to give up. Would we Covington's under contract for two more years? Marcus Morris and Iguodala aren't. Right. Right. So, uh, but I think Morris is a more reliable shooter. He's got a little bit more size, maybe more switchability against some against LeBron, more experience against LeBron. You know, ideally, we wouldn't want to have to burden Kawhi and Paul George with guarding LeBron the whole game. Uh, so that's, uh, yeah, that's a tough one of who would we, uh, let's make a call here. And I mean, Covington, the price for him is probably a little higher maybe than Morris. That's, um, that's the one thing. I do wonder yeah. what Minnesota is going to end, end up, what their price will end up being. I'm sure their asking price is super high right now, but yeah, you know, they're going to, at this point in the deadline, they're probably telling every team we want two first for them. And then, you know, people hang up the phone. And then, uh, as we get into next week, it'll be like, well, could you maybe do a first and a second or, but like I said, I mean, they, they're, the Clippers are in this kind of two year window with Paul and Kawhi. And then we'll see what happens after that. We think they'll stay right, but we don't know. Um, Covington's under contract for it. You have that pick that you really amassed for this exact purpose, and he can help you win. I do think he can help you win more regular season games than Morris can. Yeah, and that becomes important just in terms of where where you end up in your seating and whatnot. He can, you know, he can play those a lot of those minutes where uh, Kawhi is is load managing. I, it's it's tough. It's close. Because you'd, you'd have right. a good, well, we, we got to decide. We're, we're they've the Clippers have entrusted us this to us here. So okay, we, I'm gonna I'm we, gonna go with Covington first, and then Morris. Yes, yeah. yeah, and I guess it would depend on what the price ultimately was. But for Covington, would you go a first and one of those Detroit seconds? Exactly. Yeah. 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 I'd, and I'd and be, Morris, I'd be comfortable be, with that. And then if they had an interest in Robinson, I'd be happy to to send him in too. And so Iguodala would be below those guys to you. Yes. It is theoretically possible that they could get Covington and Iguodala. Sure. Yeah, if the price is only one of those Detroit seconds, absolutely. Um, yeah, the salary matching could – I mean, Covington – gets a little tricky. You probably have yeah. to send out Jermichael Green at that point. And, yeah. Uh, well, Green, Green, Jermichael Green can block a trade, actually, because of his uh, – because he's on a, a one plus one, and he would lose his bird rights. Yeah, but, I but, mean, to go to Minnesota, you think he would block a trade? Yeah, but and so maybe some of the value here again could be getting off of Magruder and Jerome Robinson for next year. I mean, that's like, I mean, Magruder's not totally dead salary. I think he's he's played poorly this year. He can yeah. play better than this, but uh, you know, that's eight million dollars of salary that we probably don't want for next year. That's like a mid level exception worth of money or a re-signing of one of these guys we're getting bird rights on. Mm-hmm. So Cabengale. Could, I mean, he seems probably, like probably one of those dangle driving. him, you know, to push a deal across the finish line or Terrence Mann. Yeah. 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 I mean, he seems like one of these driving the new car off the lot kind of guys where he's not going to have much value For at sure. this point. Yeah. But I mean, they seem to believe in him. I, I'm the, the Clippers do. But yeah, I mean, if it comes down to it, I don't think he's going mean, to. Maybe, maybe they feel like if they lose Harold, he's like their backup center next year or something. I, I don't know how. 
I, I can't say I've been following him that closely. So I would, I would, I would not shut down the trade negotiations over over him as the final piece. Let me put it that way. No, no, I I agree with you. And I mean, tr- the other thing they need is someone to guard Anthony Davis, and that's I thought Tristan Thompson is the one guy who's probably the best there. He's a pretty good post defender. Yeah, um, I mean, because right now they're probably looking at Jamichael. That's that's probably their guy, unless they want to put try putting Kawhi on him. Yeah, I mean, Doc has started Patrick Patterson in both of those games. I wouldn't recommend that in the playoffs. That's lighting mining on fire right there. Yeah. So Thompson, I don't know. That's uh, that's an interesting one. I mean, you would wonder in a different world if Cleveland would have some interest in trying to bring back Harrell and have him be like a pick-and-roll partner for their young guards. But that's – uh. I mean, I don't think Harold would want to stay there. They might. Yeah, be I was going to say Cleveland. Cleveland would probably have more interest in Harold than Harold would have in Cleveland. Yeah, but he might also have some interest in getting paid more than he could anywhere else. Um, but that's probably too far, too attenuated here. David Harrison here, the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast, celebrating with you a twenty-one grain salute to a less boring sandwich, thanks to Dave's killer bread i don't know about you guys but when i eat pizza i eat it for the toppings not the crust and when i eat a sandwich it's for what's inside the bread not for the bread but when i throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds thin sliced bread from dave's killer bread it is the epitome of addition by subtraction that thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste killer texture killer nutrition a subtle sweetness and a seed coated crust dave's killer bread is america's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store what's up sports fans matt peck here host of locked on bulls and i want to talk to you really quickly about another excellent podcast huge fan is a new serious xm original podcast where stars talk sports Each week, join host LaChina Robinson as she chats with your favorite celebs about childhood sports memories, game day rituals, the most heated rivalries, and more. And this new season features huge names like Anthony Ramos from In the Heights and Hamilton, Pat Carney from the Black Keys, Mel C, that's right, a.k.a. Sporty Spice from the Spice Girls, and even actress Michelle Williams talking about her love for our very own Chicago Bulls. Huge Fan is a fresh way to connect with your favorite artists, actors, and personalities about something we all understand, fandom. Huge Fan is now out on Pandora, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow the show or subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. All right, let's get to their crosstown rivals, the Lakers. So uh, let's talk about what we can trade first because that will frame this discussion nicely. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so first round picks, uh, nothing, zero, nada, zilch. Also zilch. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up zilch. Is that clear enough? That's an important one. They cannot trade any. Uh, they have their own 2023 through 2026 seconds. And then as far as players, Kyle Kuzma, uh, these are guys who I think might have even the slightest bit of value. Alex Caruso, Taylor Horton Tucker, and maybe if it's enough of an upgrade, Danny Green. Right. Right. Uh, KCP is in a situation where he can still decline a trade. Yeah, yeah. everybody – I mean, the problem is the matching salary, right? Like, you'd yeah. love to throw in Kuzma and some big salary to bring back a guy who's, you know, paid a lot but is good. Mm-hmm. But, unfortunately, you can't trade Caldwell Pope. 
You can't trade JaVale McGee. You can't trade Rondo. All those guys have uh, right. player options for next year and would lose their bird rights if traded, so they can block a trade. You have so you've got Avery Bradley makes about five million. Quinn Cook three million. Demarcus three point five million. You'd run into some roster spot issues when you're trying to trade guys for them as well. But uh I mean, I guess the question for us is, what do we need, and are we willing to trade Kyle Kuzma to get it? Right. I think Kuzma is a poor poor fit on this team, especially when fully loaded. Um, he's helped them in some games where they had either LeBron or AD out, where he had to be a little more of a, a scoring presence and go-to guy. As a as a role player, I don't think he's very good. Like he's not a ball mover. He's just a guy who's who's um, he's thirsty, as as the saying goes. He's uh, yes. He de- definitely wants to get get the shot up. He's not a plus defender. So his fit on this team has always been a little questionable. And I, so I think that's, that's the piece you put on the table. And again, this is another team where, where your time is now. LeBron isn't getting any younger. Davis, you hope he stays. I mean, you, I presume he will, but you seems to be going pretty well. Things, things seem to be going pretty well. Exactly. So, but they, they, they can always take a little bit of a turn in, in May, it seems. So, uh, I, I do think that the the time is right to explore his trade value where you're um, at this point a year and a half out from his restricted free agency. And it's, it's just a question, like you said, of what can you bring back with the contracts. Now, you can do a little bit of shenanigans where you trade, say, Boogie and Cook and Troy Daniels. For Michael Kidd Gilchrist, and then you try to trade Kidd Gilchrist for somebody who makes like seventeen million. You could do something yeah. like that, um, which yeah, and just grease those skids with like one of your future second rounders. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, to me, if I'm Charlotte, it wouldn't take that much. You're not you're not getting anything for MKG, but you get a chance to save a bunch of money if you do a deal like this uh, and generate a trade exception. The um, the only issue is once you trade for that guy, you can't aggregate him. So you're so you're a little bit stuck at that yeah. point. But but that could get you up to Iguodala potentially. It does get you up to Iguodala though. If you but but your problem is you don't have the right asset to trade for him now. It's Kuzma, which is probably too much. Mm-hmm. And then and, can you get in the game if you say take all take all those seconds twenty four twenty five twenty six. Yeah, I don't know. Right? I mean, we we could certainly make that offer. We could try. I mean, but that's a lot of moving pieces too to get this MKG thing done, and then that's. Uh, the, I yeah. mean, you're definitely you're definitely uh, you're definitely playing with fire a little bit. You know, yeah. once you do the first trade, there's always the risk that that uh, Memphis comes back and says, you, you know what? Actually, you need to throw in more. <laughs> so <laughs> and, and you're yeah. stuck by that. that that's yeah. dir- that's dirty poker. I would not recommend doing that on the team side because nobody will trade with you again. But I'm I'm just saying it's a risk. How about we l- take a step back here and think about what they really need first? For me, yeah. I yeah, I had four things that I felt like they they needed. Here's what they were in order: uh, another ball handler slash an upgrade on Rajon Rondo. Totally agree. I think that is definitely the number one priority. When LeBron James checks out of games, their offense just grinds to a halt. Uh, yeah. They they definitely need that on-ball playmaker. It's the one thing they they neglected by signing Bradley Green and KCP. Yeah, and to, in their defense, nobody was really available at that time. Uh, but so, I mean, to me, and maybe we don't have the ammo to get him before the Lakers, it, Bogdan Bogdanovich is great because he can run some pick and roll. He can also play off the ball. 
He can defend reasonably well at his position. And so he can help you when LeBron is out of the game and he can also play with LeBron and also give them one more like really quality knockdown shooter also. So he checks a lot of boxes there. Mm-hmm. Um, and these teams did talk about at least a little yeah. bit for, for what the word on the street is about a Kuzma Bogdanovich deal. Um, I'm just not sure yeah. that Kuzma is a great fit in SAC actually with all the. All the yeah. All the, and so, so they may, have, but I think our first call is there and mm-hmm. hey, uh, could, have we mentioned this idea of our 2023 through 2026 second rounders? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, should, that should really move the needle. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe Caruso could be someone they'd have some interest in, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we have the ammo there, but that's our first call to me for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now the other one, the number two one I have for this ball handler idea is Derek Rose. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. Uh, because again, we're talking about a salary that's easily gettable, uh, in terms, in terms of the match for the Lakers. I think Kuzma is an interesting player from Detroit. He's from Michigan. Um, I, th- I think you'd have a, you know, you'd win some points locally. They're also a team that needs to be in a rebuilding mode. Uh, I, I think there, there are aspects of that that just make a lot of sense. Uh, you know, if you do something like yeah. Kuzma and Quinn Cook and, yeah. and, uh, well, so, but that, I think, is that too much to give up just for Derrick Rose? He is under contract for next year. He's under contract for next year. Exactly. So that's why I don't feel like that's a, that's a bad deal for them. So, so you would do that? I think, I think, I think you have to look at that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it might be too much to give up, but okay. I think we could, we could maybe do better in the summer for him. And, you know, he still helps us, even if, as you said, the, the fit is not amazing. So I, I, I would now maybe if there's something that the Pistons could throw in there, someone else that could help us as well. Maybe that gets us closer. Can I interest you in this Tony Snell we have lying around? <laughs> Langston Galloway maybe could be helpful, but Langston then we Ga- get into Langston some Galloway salary could matching. maybe be helpful because he's a, he shoots, he tries on defense. He's just not a lead guard. Yeah. Um, so yeah, could, could he figure in that situation? Maybe. Um, yeah. Uh, Get, you know, bring, bring, back, bring back bring back Svi Yeah, Svi's actually like he's been he's been playing well pretty now. well. Yeah, I think Detroit yeah. probably says no. Actually, he's been he's been really playing well. Yeah, so that's an interesting one. I I, I guess we're just in disagreement there. That I think Kuzma could be worth a little bit more than that. Um, I mean, and I certainly would would come with you know your second rounders and your Taylor Horton Tucker and you know what, try not to give up Avery Bradley. Any, anything short of Kuzma, in other words, yeah. you absolutely are doing that deal. Yeah. I agree with you there. What, what if they wanted five or, or four second rounders for him? That actually wouldn't be crazy. We saw Miritich get traded. It would be, it would second be the rounders. second trade they've made in a year for four second round picks. <laughs> right? They did uh, that Kevin Porter deal on draft night. Yeah. Although two of those were kind of BS picks, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So my next need here is a three and D guy who can guard Kawhi. And I mean, I think that's why, you know, this stair step thing. But Kuzma is too much there. Does, I mean, do you think Memphis has interest in Kuzma? I don't know that they would. I don't think he's a great fit when you already have, um, you already have that Jaron Jackson, Brandon Clark combo kind of locked in at the future as the future. Um, you know, he, yeah, I just don't know if he, if he, they would look at him as a guy that they would resign a year and a half from now. And so then why are you doing this? Yeah. And there's nobody that they could give up. Who, you know, maybe would Memphis 
Yeah, I, I guess, and it still seems like too much value for Iguodala as well. I mean, Are you maybe, looking at Jay Crowder? Is that what you're asking about? Oh, no, you're asking about Iguodala, I see. Yeah, no, I was thinking maybe Memphis, if you give up Kuzma, Memphis could throw in like one of their own seconds, and maybe that helps you equalize that out if you think Kuzma is too much for Iguodala, and Memphis could always try and move Kuzma again. I mean, I think if you're Memphis and you could get Kuzma for Iguodala, you would do it just because I think it's a good asset. Oh, absolutely. Play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I like that better than some second rounder from another team. And so maybe if you can get Memphis's second, that still gives you like a little bit of ammo going forward. That's not, you know, a pick that's going to be late. What about Jay Crowder on this team? Yeah. I, I think that would be, you know, helpful if you're, but in this situation, you're not trading Kuzma. Right. You're, you're trying to entice them with. <laughs> yeah. Three uh, seconds. Yeah, have we, have we know, mentioned their four million dollars cash. Have we mentioned their twenty three through twenty six seconds are available? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Caruso. Yeah. So yeah, but that's. I mean, I think that's something that. I, I mean, Memphis. We don't know where they are, but certainly that's an offer we would make for uh, to try and get Jay Crowder if, if Iguodala doesn't work out. Um, Covington, to me, I'm not as interested in. Uh. Really, because you're you're envisioning at the end of games, James is your four and Davis is your five, right? So then maybe, but I I just want someone who can guard Kawhi, and I don't think that I mean that like we we got to beat the Clippers. Like Covington is just going to get brutalized by Kawhi. That Kawhi matchup is a tricky thing for these guys, right? That's right. I mean they're having yeah. they're having a really nice year, but the I mean the times they played the Clippers, it's been it's been a thing. Yeah, and, I mean LeBron is the old you know Danny Green is like half decent on him. Mm-hmm. And LeBron, you just you, you don't want him spending energy like that throughout the entire game. And you know Kawhi can still go pick and roll. I don't know if thirty-five year old LeBron is getting through screens in a conventional pick and roll defense. Yeah. They've tried AD on him even too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's not, I mean Crowder might give them another body there. He's at least like pretty strong. He did. I mean, I'm biased because I saw Crowder kick Kawhi Leonard's ass in that in that Memphis Clippers game. It was a total outlier, but. Um, you know, he's, he's got more size than like these KCP Danny Green types. Uh, so he's yeah. a, li- a little more competent probably at, at dealing with some. I mean, Kawhi's so strong. He muscles a lot of these guys just out of the way. Um, would we be better off doing the MKG stair step and then Kuzma for Marcus Morris? That's nice. Yeah. Or we could even just aggregate together, uh, a bunch of salary. We just got to get to 10 million. So we could do that as long as the you could probably do that. I mean, especially if Kuzma's in the deal already. Yeah. Right. You get there with cousins, cook Kuzma and one other guy. I mean, the Knicks would probably have have to cut somebody, but they do not lack for candidates. So I I can't (laughs) imagine that being a barrier to a deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's pretty good though. I I think like, and you know, is Kuzma too much to give up for Marcus Morris? You know, Morris, you could bring back. There also would be, a little bit of hilarity with the former clutch client going back into the lion's den <laughs> after he like screwed over Rich Paul by backing out of that Spurs thing. <laughs> that that would be pretty funny. But I mean, because because you're the Lakers and you have a good team, I think you feel really good about your odds of re-signing Marcus Morris if you trade for him. Yeah, I think so. So and you we're you're keeping him away from the Clippers too. I mean, it, it does seem like the more I think about it, that Morris is probably the best. You know, fits on the most teams of all these guys. So it's gonna be it's interesting because it, like so many of these teams, they all need the same type of guys, and we're talking about the same names for all these teams. 
like we talked about last week where these teams would be dealing with imperfect information of who wants who and what the other offers are out there. And mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be really interesting for some of these sellers uh, yeah. with Iguodala, yeah. Morris in particular. Yeah, it's, you see, it's funny you say that because I would before we started this exercise, I would have said Covington. But as we go through these teams, like Morris's ability to legitimately play the three, like the three is just a more more of a need in the league. Like if, you know, wing yeah. players with the actual size. Uh, when you get to the yeah. highest levels and you have to deal with Kawhi, Giannis, LeBron, that like you you need somebody who can match up and be somewhat plausible. Yeah, and Morris. I mean, he's not a playmaker defensively, but he at least is like a tough, strong guy who's not just going to get brutalized. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he he might be the one, but I think a lot of this is just going to be eye of the beholder mm-hmm. for some of these teams. Um, if they were to trade Kuzma, I think a stretch four would be a big need. Uh, this is another conception I had, and again, we don't know if he's available from the Wizards, but would you do Kuzma for Bertans if you're the Lakers? In a hot second. <laughs> again i just think they're in a position where they're gonna they're gonna be in the driver's seat and with all these guys in free agency yeah the, and, and the wizards liked kuzma better when they drafted uh you know he's the same guy they just drafted with Rui hachimura in a lot yeah. of ways yeah yeah he again Although, i think i think washington's all in on keeping bertans i i just don't i yeah. just don't see him being but but you would make that offer yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean you know bertans has a little bit of an injury history he's Got some questions defensively. You know, I don't yeah. know if you would close every game for this team, but um Man, you put him out there with LeBron James though. I mean Uh yeah. No, it's uh yeah, or yeah, or you, you have uh LeBron and A D running a pick and roll on one side and Bertans coming off some screens on the other side at the same time. Yeah. Uh yeah. yeah. Pretty difficult that. to deal with. Yeah. Um and then the last thing I thought just as a lower level thing is the Lakers could maybe use like a pure shooter upgrade who's on Troy Daniels, just a little bit more playable defensively in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, maybe that's like a Langston Galloway type. Yeah. Yeah. You, you want KCP to be that guy. Uh, and he just hasn't been. He's yeah. just, he shot it okay, but he's he just shot not, it okay, but yeah. he hasn't quite been that level of shooter that it looked like he was going to become when he right. came out in his rookie year where you really thought he'd be a high level three and D guy. And he's not quite there on either end. Like defensively, he competes really hard, but he's like a little small and isn't like crazy athletic. And then offensively, he doesn't, doesn't quite shoot it well enough. Yeah. I mean, I think he could be a part of this closing group, but you want him guarding the other team's point guard, not like a bigger. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to talk about on these guys? I don't think so. I mean, they're, I mean, the one thing with them is, I mean, if you get another piece with some size, man, like they're, they're just so freakishly big and you really feel it when you see them in person. And it just like, if they have one more guy out there, who's, who's like six, seven, like it's just going to be unbelievable. Um, but you know, in, in terms of some of these players we talked about, even where instead of like Bradley starting the game, you have somebody like that, <laughs> you know, and Danny Green's your smallest guy out there defensively. Like, I, it's going to be nuts in a half court game, especially to to try and get through that thicket of arms. Well, so last question on them: Are we going to prioritize Marcus Morris or Derek Rose with Kuzma? Who who would we who would we think is more important to us there? Boy, you know, are we playing the Clippers or Utah in the conference finals? Uh, I think the Clippers would probably be who I'd be a little more worried about. I, 
I'd lean that way. I'd, I'd, yeah, you'd, uh, that you'd be, I'd probably you'd lean that way that it'd be the Clippers. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, obviously we have recent history, right? Um, so j- just knowing what Kawhi did a year ago, being able to match up against him and being, because those non LeBron minutes are going to shrink in a, in a playoff series. You, you still want to be able to get him off the ball and not run him into the ground though. I mean, like I, I, well, I, I I'm wait. also concerned about just Rajon Rondo not playing any minutes for my team. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, I mean, I think Morris just generally has more value and more versatility and also doesn't have the health concerns of Rose. See, that's, that's a big one there too. That, that might be the one thing that holds me back from putting Kuzma on the table is you still have those questions. He's still, I mean, the load management, you don't worry about as much with him because you're probably, he's only probably playing 28 minutes a game for you anyway. Um, yeah. in the best case scenario, but just that you, you want to trust that the guy you gave up this asset for is going to be able to stay on the floor. Yeah. I mean, I, it, I certainly would want Bogdanovich number one if we could get him. If we can't, then I think I would probably go. Morris over Rose, just because I think, especially against the Clippers. What about Crowder versus Rose? Oh, Rose. I'm I'm there too. I just had to I had to put the question out there. Yeah, I mean, I think there'll be and there'll be guys in the buyout market. You know, Marvin Williams could get bought out. He could kind of you know you could get someone who'd be a lower level contributor. You would hope on the buyout market. Whereas the and I mean that's one thing we're seeing here though. At least is the three and D market there are gradations but there are more guys there than there are the ball handlers i mean there's really only bogdanovich and rose and you know maybe dennis Schroeder if yeah, he's even be the other that one. available yeah which he probably is but um and but Schroeder to me is a little slight a little concerned about him defensively i am about rose too but um yeah yeah all right well we're really yeah yeah especially ahead, if you're sorry. switch heavy i mean Schroeder's gonna be a target but we're getting ahead of ourselves yeah. All right. All right, well, let's uh, let's do one more here, and maybe we'll save some of these for uh, our next episode before the end. Which, by the way, we're going to do our next episode is actually to be on Thursday, and then of course we'll do one the following Thursday, wrapping up the deadline. So we're actually going to change our schedule a little bit going forward here. So we may have time to get to some of these other teams, but I think Philly is the last one that I want to talk about here. Should we go through what they have to trade first? Uh, yeah, sure, because it is it, it is kind of interesting with them. Okay, so they can trade every single one of their firsts except for this year and as of now next year because they they owe it to Brooklyn. They have a OKC first from the Jeremy Grant trade that is 1 through 20 protected this year, but is almost certainly going to become 2022 and 2023 seconds. Wait, wait, wait a minute on that. Now, it is possible for OKC to end up with the top 10, one of the top 10 records. (laughs) <laughs> or to at least tie for it and then get there in a coin flip. Okay. Right? Well, that's a, I mean, it's then not, hopefully that'll it's, have some more it, value. It's not crazy talk. It's a, it's at least possible. I, I mean, yeah, certainly if I'm on the other possible. side of that deal, I'm valuing it more as I'm getting seconds in 22 and 23. But there is yeah. theoretical upside to this pick that did not appear to exist, say, four or five months ago. Yeah. So, And then they've got a crap load of seconds. They've got Atlanta's. And the Knicks and Dallas this year, uh, they've got the Knicks and Denver next year, uh, and they've got a 2023 that's uh, the best of Atlanta, Charlotte, and Brooklyn, plus probably those OKC picks. So those Knicks picks, Atlanta's pick this year, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good shit. They got, they got some it, good seconds hanging out there. Yeah. They have 
Zaire Smith, if anyone's still interested in him, um, who is, I mean, he has some athletic pop to him. I just, I, I don't know if he's, I, I shouldn't write him off yet because he was, he missed all of last year with a weird yeah. illness thing. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I, I don't think anyone is really valuing him as, as the central part of a deal at this point in time. That's fair. I, I, I'd say that's true. But the salary matching is the big problem. They got Mike Scott making 4.8, Smith making three. And so the, you're basically, you're limited to a little bit less than a $12 million player, probably. I mean, maybe you could throw in an O'Quinn or a Neto, but yeah, then you're getting into those three for one type of difficulties with roster spots. But, um, what do we think they need? Uh, I think they need, I think they need another ball handler creator who is not Ben Simmons. And yeah, yeah, someone said, who would supplant. Josh Richardson as your primary pick and roll guy at the end of the game. Exactly. And then I think, I think they also need another reliable stretch weapon. I, I think Mike Scott isn't good enough in that role. Um, yeah. Jay, You'd like more you know, shooting and more defense out of that. Yeah. Yeah. The cork miles gives you more shooting, but less defense. I think he's going to get bullied in a, in a playoff game scenario. Um, you know, Tybal is as good as he's been defensively. Uh, I don't trust his shooting at all. Uh, nor, nor, nor do I trust him on the ball. Yeah. I wouldn't, I, yeah, I wouldn't mind really two guys, maybe even three to, to help them. But then you just get into issues of, of the salary matching. I mean, we're going to presume that we can't really trade Ben Simmons at all, that Josh Richardson, Joel Embiid, Al Horford, Tobias Harris, so we're not going to move those guys. As wait, 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 wait. Uh, 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 not uh. so fast. Okay. Al Horford for Chris Paul. Oh, baby. You'd have well, to throw in like Mike Scott or something too. But Well, I, I think part of the issue there is, especially given how much Paul's salary continues to increase, they're going to be in like such deep luxury tax land once. Yes, yes they will. Simmons yep. kicks in. Um, are we giving something up in that deal? As a that, so I at least wanted to put it out there before I started talking about specifics with assets or anything. Uh, the way CP is playing, though, Oklahoma City's probably going to ask for something. Yeah, I mean, the, the present does seem to rule the future in a lot of these trades. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah, I mean, Al Horford's no spring chicken either. I mean, you know, are we no. Are we excited about paying him $27 million in, in 21-22 to be, you know— if, if if Joel Embiid is healthy, what it, what is what is Horford yeah. there for at that point? Well, I mean, the, kind of you know, I mean, who knows? We may we may end up trading Joel Embiid and Al Horford as our center now. You know, I mean, there's so much. I, I don't think that'll happen, but there's so much of remaining to be written between Embiid and Simmons and this group. I mean, it does seem like they want to. The, the idea of bringing this team together was to see what this like crazy defensive group could do. I mean, they're they're a rare type of team but yeah i mean and, I, I think we could make the call uh, i mean are we willing to just do that deal straight up we'd throw in a little bit more salary i think i think if you're the sixers you really have to look at that because i i think when they get in a playoff situation right now if you look at their team who's on the floor at the end of the game is is horford going to be out there i think so it's going to you think it's going to be simmons richardson harris horford and Pete. yeah well, I, I guess the other question is, I mean, this seems like one of those ones that just is going to, you know, there's the question of OKC still wanting to make the playoffs this year, which they probably could actually if they got Al Horford. Um, but 
Yeah. And then, I mean, just who has more value? That's in and of itself is a very difficult question. It's a very difficult question, isn't it? And that I mean, the, the place where this yeah. probably breaks down is that both teams will think they're the ones that are holding more value. Right? Well, and also, I mean, if you just think about it, go, going back to this summer, the idea that Chris Paul would have more value than Al Horford would have been laughable to most people. Yeah. I mean, we we didn't know what number Horford was going to get either. Yeah. But I mean, assuming, you know, I mean, he's basically – you know, over a hundred million over these four years. So, I mean, I, I like that idea. That's an interesting one, but I mean, like I, to me, what is OKC's reason to do it? You, we, you'd think, have to throw something. That, at, that's right? why they'd be doing it for assets. And that's, so that's where it gets yeah. true. I, I mean, are they doing it to save $16 million in the 21, 22 season? I, I, you know, I don't know that that has that much value to them. At least this far out, it doesn't. Yeah. Right. And I, I, they're going to be in rebuilding. I mean, they have one young player on their roster right now. Well, they got I mean, Shea. Zaire Smith, I'm sure, would have some appeal to Sam Presti. It's a left athletic wing who can't shoot. So. <laughs> you can never you have too many of them. Can compete with Isaiah Roby for uh, G League minutes. Yeah. This just seems like one of those ones, though, that just never gets done. You know, I mean, I have experience in an NBA front office. It's well and good for you media types to speculate about this, but you know, these are these trade when you really get this down to what, what really happens in a front office. This never is never what happened. All right, let's let's talk about let's talk about the uh the lower salary guys that will end up being probably Philadelphia's actual targets. So, the perimeter creator you do ask yourself a little bit of like, is this guy really going to play over Josh Richardson at the end of games? And so then how much are we going to give up for him, even if we do have a need there? Or maybe play over Horford too. I think, uh, yeah, it's a question of whether it's Richardson, Harris, or Horford that you're taking off the floor. Yeah. So, but I mean, I think it's the same two guys we've been discussing, Bogdanovich and Rose. And then at a lower level, just for a second, Alec Burks would be the other guy. That's an interesting but, name. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Burks would be more, just give us one more guy who can do something in some minutes where Ben Simmons is off the floor and we just need one more creator. He's not going to close gains for us. But for a second, I think, especially being on a, just a minimum contract, no salary matching issues, you could just take him. Yeah, he's 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 a guy that I hadn't uh, thought about in a while. Um, I, I also had, um, uh, along those lines, um, more, more of a... a Shoot first, not play as much defense, guy. But Jordan McRae can score, man, and he's a he's a better shooter than Burks is. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Burks probably a little better defensively. Yeah, he'd it would be hard for him not to be. And and in the damning with faint t- praise department, he's a maybe a better passer than Jordan McRae. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we could say that too. Um, so the other guy, I think the six that's. The name's definitely going to come up with the Sixers because they almost had him uh, last summer. Is uh, Nemanja Belitsa? Yeah, two summers ago actually was when that. That's. Uh, um, I mean, they have so many assets that it seems like, and you know, this is a championship year for them that they might want to even find some some bigger guys than that. You know. Yeah, but, I mean, they they could try to reacquire Covington. I mean, um, I mean, certainly, yeah. certainly upgrading that Mike Scott position, I think, needs to be a priority for them. I mean, I think you're, you're obviously, we got a call on Bertans. I mean, of all these, all those guys who are shooters, he's probably the number one guy that we want there. And I yeah, think his 100%. defensive issues aren't as much of a concern because we have so many other awesome defenders. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. But that, that again comes into the, you know, how much can you really go into the tax? And and just to give you an idea of where they are at right now, just with everyone that they have under contract right now for next year, they're already, I got them 9 million in. Is that what you got? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, and they, that's with 10 players probably. Exactly. you're, 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 and I think for most organizations, it seems like, you know, unless you're just crazy rich, but I don't think these guys are 15 million into the tax generally seems to be about the limit of what you really can do before you get into just the crazy where it's like, okay, another dollar is like basically another three, four bucks here. And like, you know, do we want to spend, you know, we acquire this minimum guy and it costs us $7 million. Can we really justify that? You kind of effectively get to that point. I think for most teams that aren't, you know, the Warriors or the Knicks or the Lakers or the Clippers. Uh, I agree with that. Yeah. That's, that's definitely the reality of the league. The, the level Oklahoma City went to the last two years is as, is as far as I think you'll see anyone go outside those four teams that have cash coming in through a fire hose. Um, so if you could say move Scott and, and we're talking about either Bogdanovich or Bertans here, anyone that you would want to re-sign, if you could move Scott and Zaire Smith in that deal, then you've maybe you've still really only got about 10 million bucks or so to play with below that type of level that we're talking about. And that's probably not going to get you there re-signing Bogdanovich or Bertans. And there's really just nothing else that you can cut at that point, unless you're going to make a move with Horford and, or Josh Richardson or Simmons or any, you know, one of your core five players. Yeah. There, I mean, it's going to be an interesting summer there when you look ahead with this team because because of that exact reason. I mean, the, just those core five guys take up so much money. Uh, the one advantage with um, Belitza and Covington is that they are under contract in the out years. And so yeah. you have a little more control there and your tax bill doesn't get too crazy. Yeah. I mean, they, maybe that's – so the price for Bogdanovich and Bertans is probably too high. And we have so many second-rounders, though – that we need to trade some of them to get better. I th- I think yeah, I think all these picks are in play for Philadelphia without question. Yeah. And and their own future firsts I think are, are got to be in play too. You know, yeah. the pick but, to the Clippers this year, but then they're, you know, after that. Yeah. Well, and so maybe it's you hold on to your Al Horford and Tobias Harris until the summer and hold on to most of these assets and then you try to make the move for a bigger guy, you know, maybe a, you know, a Drew Holiday level of guy to really upgrade one of your five best players instead of around them. Cause your other thing is how much do we really want to give up for guys who in theory aren't one of our five best guys? So I wonder, I, yeah, I, we haven't really talked about him, but I wonder about Richardson. I wonder yeah. if he's the key to, to a deal for these guys. If you can trade him for something that maybe fits better. Yeah, he's only got one more year after this one, and then he's got a player option, and you run into those same problems potentially re-signing him a couple of years from now. But, I, I mean, he's he's a really valuable, versatile player, too. He may have a little bit less value for these guys because they have so many defensive options already. But uh, now, Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. That's what you run into, right? He's good. Like, you, you're not just throwing him overboard just for the hell of it. But if there's, if there's that star-caliber player... Yeah. So maybe it really is more along the lines of a Bielitsa, Mike Scott for Bielitsa and one of the seconds. Yeah, I think I think they'd have to give up more than one, but they I mean I know those that like that New York pick is 
maybe the 31st pick this year, right? So yeah. that, that will have a lot of value. Yeah. But- or, or it's trying to get Covington back, but you know, he's kind of, they kind of have him now in Thibel. I mean, and, and he also, I have some injury issues, con- concerns with him. Mm-hmm. Another guy where I think the price is too high to get someone who's not going to be now, then he, maybe he enables you to trade Richardson later. I, I get all that, but you know, it seems like, you know, maybe like Reggie Bullock could be a target for them. Um, another thought would be maybe one of the Denver guys, Beasley or Hernan Gomez. Yeah. Then- although they, I mean, they haven't been great, uh, on a, on a team that's seen as kind of a lesser level contender. Uh, but it's, I mean, they're restricted free agents who you probably get a decent deal on this summer. Well, especially Wancho. Beasley, yeah. I'd be a little worried about someone coming in with an offer sheet on. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the beauty of the situation though is all you have to do is upgrade on James Ennis and Mike Scott. Exactly. And Trey Burke. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's doable and they have the lower level assets to do that. But yeah, I mean, uh, Alec Burks, for example, just to kind of be your backup scoring guy. I, I liked the McRae idea too, but maybe the. I think Burks is probably a little better fit on a playoff caliber team. But yeah, yeah, I mean, with all these future seconds they sit on, like, you know, all that stuff is in play. And, you know, if it takes two seconds rather than one to get, to get one of these guys done, I think at the end of the day, these guys in the position they're in are just like, okay. I mean, this is the whole reason you did that yeah. process in the first place. What about Rose? Are we, are we willing to give up, uh, our own first in the future for Rose? Man, that's interesting because you can see how he would help these guys, but you can also see how he doesn't help their spacing at all. Or, yeah. Or, or not that much, but just having an, oh man, an on the ball creator like that where you could maybe use Simmons as a screener and stuff, especially when Embiid is out of the game and hopefully have Simmons into roll into places where other people aren't already standing. Um, <laughs> Would be helpful, but the, uh, that's super interesting. And like I said, I mean, I think it's, it's very clear to me that the price from Detroit is going to be a first round pick on him. So yeah. you, you got to be willing to give that up. Yeah. Well, I mean, two New York seconds is pretty good too, you know, and, and he's under contract for next year at a pretty cheap price. He, he gives you a little, just more traditional point guard play if you need to move some of the other pieces around this summer. He can give you, especially if you, especially if you believe in him health wise, that he can, that you can get him through the rest of this year and next year. Yeah. His defensive issues don't stand out as much, obviously, on a team where everyone else is awesome. Yeah. He could, now, he, he yeah. could end up being a more important target for them than Belitza just because his, his ceiling is higher. Yeah. And I think you can also just get one more guy in the mix at that position. So, I mean, I guess it really, it comes down to just what, what we're willing to offer for these guys. That that's what we are here to decide. These these are the tough decisions that we have to make. We have to our, make in our in our fictional front office. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to prioritize Rose over uh, over Belitza and Covington as I think about this. Yeah, and so we're sending out Dyer Smith and Detroit's uh, very very close to the tax, so they'll want to save a little bit of money. So you know, Dyer Smith and Kyle O'Quinn for oh. Rose. Yeah, that's probably the deal. I mean, remember on Philadelphia side, you want to stay under the tax too, uh, because you know you're probably going to hit the repeater in a couple of years. Yeah, that, that, I think that works for both of those. Um, yeah, they've got 3.8 million in room right now under the tax. So that, that should work okay. And I'm sure some cash to move on from Kyle O'Quinn to somebody would, would, is something we could get done. So yeah, I think, uh, 
Yeah, I probably would would grin and bear it with that uh, and do it. Um, you like that? I kind of like that for both teams. The two New York picks or something like that? Or Yeah. Yeah. Now, those second rounders do have a lot of value for this team that's going to be in the tax because – you can just roster these guys and you don't, if it's your own second rounder, you, you actually save a bunch of money versus Rel- relative. If yeah, now remember when, when it's the higher second round picks though, they tend not to sign for the, for the low minimum. There have been exceptions. Um, yeah. Where but, they, where they bump it up a little bit more. Yeah. That's a good point, but it's still uh, in theory, a cheaper contributor going forward over the years. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the smell Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Pascal or or Smiley Geach. Yeah, yeah. The, the Warriors uh, were very concerned about that. Uh, anything else on these guys that, that sticks out here? I, you know, it's just they're they're a weird team, man. I I think I think one of the things that will hold them back from trading too aggressively, maybe, is just I think they want to see what this team is in a playoff series because they their high moments have been really good. I mean, we've seen them kick the crap out of Milwaukee and the Lakers. And you ju- you just wonder with how huge they are if they can just if they can just suffocate a team in a playoff series the way they almost did to Toronto a year ago, um, and get out of the East that way even without a great seed. Like I I do think this is a team that punches above their record in the postseason, big time. And you you just you just wonder though when they get at those highest levels if their offensive stickiness and lack of spacing is too much to overcome all right well this is fun we hope to get to another couple of teams but big surprise we went long so maybe we'll try and do that in our next episode we'll see what develops we'll kind of leave that open-ended hey can we do can we do one more thing though can we knock somebody out of the playoffs oh you know i was thinking if you if you have time for it and you're fired up to do it i i think I'm, i'm always happy to do that we're we're a little ahead of schedule but i think actually it's kind of more interesting to just have it end like four weeks before the playoffs. So we're like more we're, opportunities to make a mistake. Basically yeah, we're, we're on the record. I mean, yeah, I mean, we already, we might've already screwed this up by both eliminating the Grizzlies so early. So let's, let's, All right, I, do it I've again. got, I've got my, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Voodoo doll that I'm sticking pins <laughs> in every day. Don't you so dare do that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you need like a, yeah. a three, I, I couldn't, a three I couldn't point, even say job. I'm like, a, if you have I an opponent three-point luck voodoo doll, you can do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, okay. So, last week, we both eliminated the Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. I see I see what you're doing here because I have to go first now. All right. Let me let me call this up. Another. Sorry. I, I, I spent a few hours preparing for this trade stuff. So, not a ton of preparation here on the uh, eliminating players from the playoffs. Well. Th- or teams you, from the playoffs. I, th- I think you got some low-hanging fruit to work with. So it's just, man, that East situation just gives me so much pause because, like, I'm just going to pick my East playoff teams right now. But, I mean, with Lowry Markkinen out now for the Bulls and them just getting completely housed by the Kings in his first game, though they did beat the Cavs on the road uh, next game. But they don't get to play the Cavs very often. It's a shame. So I, do, I, I think it's really – I mean, well – it's down to either bulls or wolves to me. Those are, those are the two. Um, and the wolves are 15 and 31. I think I'm going to hold off on the bulls for one more week. I'm going to go wolves. I, I figured you'd come around. 
I, I was surprised when you started, when you let off with Chicago. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota's lost 13 straight games that Carl Towns has played in. So you can't really make the, they were missing their best player argument. Um, the, the roster just isn't good enough. Uh, I think there's a good chance they trade Robert Covington. Uh, I, I really see no chance for this at this point. So, yep. Timberwolves out. All right. I, I do like it better when we disagree, but, uh, we'll get there. Oh well. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm higher on the Spurs than you in particular. That that might be the inflection point eventually. Um, all right, well, this is fun. Uh, tell people what they should do before we get out of here. Yeah, uh, make sure you uh, subscribe to us and uh, download us every week at uh, uh, Spotify or Apple or uh, iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks, everyone, again for listening to us. And, and reminder, we're going to be uh, jumping in uh, later in the week and talking more about trades. All right, yeah, that'll be uh, Thursday. Look for us then, probably Thursday night, I'm guessing, for our next show. Talk to you all then. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.